it, it's the it's the Soviet <laughs> Union style. It is our podcast, but we all know who's really in charge here. Great to see y'all, comrades. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say there's only one dictator among us. No, no, hardly any dictator here. <laughs> so if I were to stick my dick in a potato, would that make me a dictator? It'd make um, you honestly, depending on where you get them from, some of the Sonics around here really do serve some dictators. Yeah. Oh my God! Hi, Arya. It's so good to see you. Oh, it's a pleasure as always. Yes, and Lucy. Oh my gosh! It's so good to see you. How are you? Oh, you know, I'm fantasy come reality. It is always a pleasure to be here. Podcast. We are welcoming Dia Monte Night and Moth Moth Moth. credits and all the kisses to louise page go and check her out online go check out her albums everywhere on spotify um check out the song blue romance um and uh blair davis young (laughs) avenue sound so louise wrote the song and wrote the piano riff and the hook and blair produced it and they were just like as somebody that's never worked on anything like that before i'd I brought a notebook to them and they were so lovely and gentle with me and patient with me because I was also, we had just a little bit of time to record because things were moving fast with the podcast. And um, it was all, it was on the same day that I was helping to plan the drag march protest. <laughs> so I was like really stressed out. That was fun. And they were so, they just treated me with such kid gloves and they just understood like exactly where I was coming from. And we over the course of like five hours produced this incredible song that people have just loved so much. So like all the kisses and all the kudos to them and uh, the money to produce that came from um, Planned Parenthood TN and their free condoms TN program. So like, let me give them a shout out. They've been really good to us and baby, we need <laughs> as, as legislation is cutting support for all kinds of sexual wellness agencies we need as many condoms in tennessee as possible we need more condoms absolutely today on the trans narrative podcast we are welcoming dia monte knight and moth 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 hello hey how's it going so good so glad to have you both here so demonte it's so good to have you tell me a little bit about yourself and the wish i start okay yeah. Okay. Now you're bashful. Where were you? Where? Um. Can you tell us about the day you were born? What was, was the weather like? Oh my, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the day I was it was terrible. I was. So we know was you born. were naked, screaming. We know you were naked and screaming, as babies do. Yeah. What was that like for you? No, I'm kidding. So, just uh, what? Oh. <laughs> I can tell you what happened. He he popped out. The doctor was like, this baby will one day be president. Our second black president. And then he, he beat be. up the doctor. No, what? No, what happened was, drag, and, was like, and they was like, they was like, oh, it's the girl. And I was like, when? No. <laughs> <laughs> wrong body. Wrong body. <laughs> he was like, if you call me, if you call me their daughter, I'm going to slap the fuck out of you, doctor. And the doctor was so scared of this baby. 
that he tried to put the I baby back. On him. I just, mm-hmm. I just peed on him, though. I just. <laughs> so you're from Memphis yeah, and you're down. a drag king. You're from Memphis mm-hmm. and you're a drag king, Demonte Knight, and yes. you are friends with Mothy, who has a podcast mm-hmm. on Spotify. Mothy, mm-hmm. Mothy, I've listened to your show a little bit, but. I don't know you as well as I'd like to. Could you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Well, I am I'm a lifetime Tennessean, and I am uh, a person on the spectrum of autism, and that's something that I'm still like exploring. I was diagnosed with a few things when I was younger, but um, I'm also epileptic, which is, <laughs> which in medical terms is called a comorbidity, a co- comorbidity. Sorry, it's a scary word. I can't say it. Um, and so, uh, you know, after my last big seizure, which was a grand mal seizure about five years ago, my sensory issues have been a lot, um, a lot more troubling. So, you know, for me, like a lot of my work is centered around my queerness, yes, but also my disability, because when I walk into every room, I am, I kind of walk in as a disabled person first in a lot of ways, uh, because epilepsy has just like sort of changed my life a lot. So, yeah, but I am very healthy and that's why I'm able to have a career and I have a really bustling career now. I'm a drag show director and a performer um, my name is Moth, 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 but like on and off stage, I go by Moth. Um, my civilian name is John, and I always joke to that um, only my boyfriend gets to call me John. So that's accurate Definitely. to this day. <laughs> but everybody else pretty much calls me Mothy. Um, back home in Pickwick, they call me Bubba, though. But anyway, we'll leave that for later. I'm a writer. I'm an artist. I was trained at the Memphis College of Art. So I'm a painter. I'm a printmaker. I'm so many things, according to my mentor, Margarita Sentino. And uh, that was something that I've been thinking about a lot is how to, and a lot of my career is about trying to make these ends meet. Like, how do you be a drag queen who's also a poet, who's also a painter? And how do you sort of try to bring all of that together on stage? And how do you be like a drag queen that comes with like lore and backstory? Um, that's that's sort of where I'm sitting. I'm also the programs director for a place called Focus Center Foundation that works for the equity of queer people across the Mid-South. And that is what I fund the podcast through. So the podcast is a program through Focus Center Foundation. And we've got partnerships and sponsorships. Uh, but Musing with Mothy is really the dream of, of it is about this blue sky thinking, this idea of making sure that we're bringing lots of one-on-one queer people to the table and sometimes allies but you know the thing is like I think the allies maybe get enough they get enough time on the mic I really just want to hear from my queer family (laughs) not to turn away any allies but I really this is a a something I'm really prioritizing is voices that are uh, queer diverse informed and reaching into lots of different spaces the episode that i'm working on right now is with a great gal named katie robinson you can follow her online at pikachu lita she's a streamer and she is just this sweet effervescent bisexual woman who just has just so much heart and so much like pizzazz for technology and video games so that comes out this monday um 
And it's, you know, it's been crazy. We're at episode five and we're continuing to work. So um, Caroline, I'm long-winded, but I, I really look up to the work that y'all have been able to do here on the Trans Narrative Podcast because I think that it's absolutely top-notch and I'm taking notes and I'm so blessed to get to be at the table with y'all. Um, I know that Demonte <laughs> certainly feels the same. Demonte, I, I'm really, I'd like to hear about Demonte's career um, and mm. have me not suck all the air out of the room as I so often do. Oh, no. no, please, suck away. <laughs> I will. God gave me these lips for a reason. That's right. We've all got DSLs in here. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, Demonte, you perform at, what is it, the Urban Rose Club and Grill. Is that right? Atomic. Uh, Atomic. 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 Atomic Rose. Atomic Rose yes, Club. Actually, we was doing this competition yeah, we was doing this competition for uh, uh, War of the Roses, so frequently, yes. But I performed at a lot of places, actually. I think the farthest that I ever went was, uh, what is it? It's like Columbia, Georgia. Oh, wow. Hmm. You know, when it comes yeah. to the other coast, the better coast. Got you. <laughs> yeah, come give us a visit here in California. Hey. Y'all should fly me and my foul. We'll show you how we do it out here. Oh, but you'll I gotta, never, I gotta know you'll never want us to leave. We're charming. Yeah, We're a charming sort. How did you two meet? How did you and Monte, uh, you and Moth, how did you two meet? Let me guess, drag show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, listen, the first baby. time we met was at Drew's. And we were just performing and the second time that we met, you invited <coughs> me to do the rumble. You inboxed me to do the rumble. The first one I couldn't make, and then the second one I had I had made. It was King's Night, which I won the King's Night Rumble. So and that's he how slayed we it. So Demonte <laughs> is one of our representatives for Rainbow Rumble. Um, he mm-hmm. is one of our winners, and also just like created so many iconic remarkable memorable moments on the stage so we have this show called rainbow rumble it's at black lodge Mm -hmm. um me i'm the director and my co-producer is this amazing woman named shelda edwards who is just this queer genius designer and the first friend i ever made here in memphis tennessee i met her coming up the stairs at the memphis college of art at um fogelman hall and she introduced herself. She said, hey, my name's Shelda. And I said, Zelda? And she said, no, baby. And that's how we met. We've been <laughs> friends ever since. Um, and so, you know, we have a really strong graphical and um, social media presence with Rainbow Rumble. We're really about promoting our entertainers for everything, for all the good that they do and, and all the talents that they have. So DeMonte has just been an amazing example and a representative of ooh baby exactly what it takes to be a top rumbler um demonte is heartfelt but his performances are i i talk about like how he messes people's imaginations up because once you see oh, demonte yeah. you never get demonte out of your head you're gonna close your eyes and you're gonna see demonte sometimes oh, <laughs> just yeah. fair warning so special that i'm showing my pussy to him that's oh, right my gosh. I wanna, oh I a white pussy. so bad <laughs> 
I'm always intrigued by names. Names are like I I spent my whole life trying to find my name, and okay. I I want to know where did where did you uh with your in regards to that name Demonte? Where did that uh where inspired that? Well, okay, so um, I've been performing with three and a half years now, and I think when I first started performing. I was like, oh, what type of name I need? I was like, I don't want a corny name, but I want a name that everybody else has. And I want it different, but I want it to mean something. And I kept asking myself, like, who am I? Or oh, well, who is Demonte? This, this ego. But um, I had a few friends, and one of my exes was helping me pick out the name. And I was like, okay, so what do I... And when I first started dressing out, I liked it to do the top hat thing, the suit thing. And I was like, okay, so this classic so i was like what if i just be like something with like a little accent on the e and i was like and i just came up with like it was like diamante that's how it's really pronounced but you know <laughs> but he was just oh like was it diamante like, yeah like diamante. Diamante. yeah but you know <laughs> well baby was. i'll throw more spice on it from now on all right. Yes, oh, you, 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 you tell me I'll, when I'm announcing your name, I want to like say it right, baby. I want to say it right. All right. He's like, and I, I say your Diamante. Yeah. And then everybody's so damn the, country down here, buddy. They said Demonte. Yeah, they just like Demonte. Yeah, this is like Demonte. Demonte. I was like, Diamante. Diamante, Diamante. So the last name was actually Knight, which was spelled N-I-T at first. But I was like, I don't think I'm really feeling this. And then like as time went on and I was like, I was like, I'm everybody's fantasy, especially the ladies. And I was like, I'm gonna change it to like Knight, K-I-N-I-G-H-T. Yes. Knight is shining normal. So I was like, yeah, boom, there go the name. I love Moss, where did your name come? Well, that is a loaded question, darling. Because every question is a loaded question. Um, my friend Alex, who was a fellow printmaking student with me at the Memphis College of Art, she was my buddy and she was very brilliant. She really cultivated a love of textures and fabric design in me. And at the end of our senior year, we were getting ready to put on, you know, a very like safe art school you know kind of a drag show you know not not real not really very accurate to drag out in the real world very safe and very romper room uh, but we called it the the mothball because alex suggested calling myself moth i was going to be called a lot of feelings because i cry all the time but <laughs> but she suggested calling myself moth and I remember that night that and we were hanging out in Portland and Embers Avenue on a trip and I went back to the hotel room and I like had this moment where I was a little bit drunk but I was looking in the mirror and I just like kept looking in my eyes and I was like moth is a name that makes more sense for me than any name I've ever heard just period from any direction and since then the mythology that's in my mind about the name moth and about moth-shaped things and the pattern of moth-shaped things throughout the universe. That's where my my name comes from. But, I mean, you know, it's evolved a billion times. I was originally just moth, but then Beverly Hills, who DeMonte will remember and know, 
Beverly Hills was uh, an old guard drag queen. Uh, she, it bugged her so much. You know, I did my first 50 shows with Beverly. Um, I really trained under Beverly's wing in a lot of ways. Um, and I pick her up to run errands a lot of the time in exchange for drag shows, <laughs> um, drag show bookings. But she would say, you can't just be moth, you know, coming to the stage, moth. So she'd say the moth or she'd say moth to the flame. And I would say just like, you know what? Call me moth, moth, moth if you need more to say. So it became Moth, Moth, Moth. And then the like mythology of Moth, 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 the alien princess sort of came after years of just like making jokes about being an alien giant bug clown princess. So for me, nonsense and fiction always like takes on meaning and significance, just like an old, like stupid, ugly blue dress that you buy in a vintage shop after wearing it for 10 years shows and judging it and like it's had to evolve and it's broken down so you've restitched it and it looks like armor now that's all you know it's all the same to me it's all this flavoring that the story and the artwork gathers over time so moth 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 an endlessly perpetuating omnipresent creature throughout the universe your best friend mother to all you're safe it's cool psychopumps in some cultures uh, speaking of aliens, Moth, you talked about the Fermi paradox in one of your your podcast episodes. Can you please tell us about the Fermi paradox? I love y'all. So the Fermi paradox. Now I did my research right before that, so I didn't get things mixed up, um, and I still may have misquoted. I've checked it a couple times, but the Fermi paradox is related to dark forest theory, which is the part of it that I've been diving into more recently. But the Fermi paradox deals with like why do we feel alone in the universe? Why has nobody like contacted us? Why have we not been able to contact anybody else? And mm. the thing is like that could be due to a billion different reasons. You know, it could be differences in technology, it could be differences in biology. You know, if the only other culture that is the same amount of smart as us right now uh, on the other side of the universe, but they're all made of silicon, you know they're gonna have they're not using radios y'all they're doing something else they're doing you know they're using the mirror force they're telepathetically communicating you know we're uh you know the differences in language and that ocean of difference is so vast and so dark that yeah. the rareness of hyper intelligence probably spreads us out too far to be able to talk to each other but even then you know that goes into a, a greater theory about dark forest theory that might, you know, perpetuate the idea that maybe we don't need to send radio signals out or have um, radio dishes pointed out that we actually need to go quiet as a planet because if we make too much noise, it's very possible that a berserker um, entity or a civilization could wipe us out simply for just being too smart for our own britches and, and we, you know, we, we might have some unpleasant neighbors for all we know yeah <laughs> and they could fear ai as much as we do you know yeah. they mm -hmm. may be like well they're not at the ai part that destroys you know vast swaths of the universe let's zap them now but if we're a little bit quiet and we don't step out into the so-called dark forest then no hunters can see us but for me like i want to perpetuate a feeling of hope of hopefulness <laughs> So you're willing to roll those dice creator. basically what was that baby i'm sorry you're willing to ro roll those dice basically 
I I don't know. My heart is really torn about it because I just I like I don't know. So, Moth, at, at the behest of Caroline, I have stalked both of your social medias intensively. So I was listening to your show, Musings with Mothy, and you you had a quote that I thought was interesting. You said, and I quote, Barbara Bush loves the gays. Um, we do not have too many Republican queer people on here. So I just wanted to know, as a Republican queer person such as yourself, what is that like for you? Oh my gosh, honey, I am, I'm innocent to say that I'm a radical person because we don't know if I'm going to run for office one of these days, but <laughs> I will say, dear Barbara, she had, I believe she had a, uh, a queer best friend that perished at some point and she folded that story into a lot of different speeches as she fundraised and stuff like that. So that's all I know about Ms. Barbara Bush. Oh, I but see. I will say on Wednesday, DeMonte and I both walked around and met with Democratic mm -hmm. and Republican state legislators, which was an exhausting experience. Most of the Republicans mm -hmm. that, you know, we all arrived there about 20 Memphians by bus. You know, and it takes three hours to get to Nashville from Memphis it's not the easiest trip in the world. You know, we all had appointments and things to discuss to try to, you know, get some of these people that seemed movable or a little bit more purple than deep red mm. uh, on issues like the cuts to HIV funding, the drag bills, the access to gender affirming health care. Uh, and quite frankly, like most of them canceled on us. And most mm. of them like canceled on us like two minutes before we walked through the door. So that was really not very respectful of our time. Now, the Democrats didn't always say things that uh, completely impressed me. I definitely had more prodding questions that we didn't have time to dive into. But I will say there were a couple of Republicans that seemed like they could be movable and they could work some of their colleagues over because we have such a huge supermajority here in Tennessee. Oh God, I'm sorry, boring politics. Anyway, I'm going to continue. Uh, no, in I'm Tennessee, invested. Please, we have going. a Republican supermajority, yeah. and you know, even like we have so few Democratic votes, which really stinks. And that can be changed very easily. People just need to run. A lot of our state legislator, most of those people, run unopposed. And y'all, listen. This is my, this was my first time in the camp at the Capitol. This was DeMonte's first time in the Capitol building. <laughs> Babes, like before committee, I saw one of the representatives eating cereal out of the box. The bar is low. <laughs> the bar is really low. So Tennesseans need to be running. Queer Tennesseans need to be running. Black and brown Tennesseans need to be running. Every disabled, body positive, like everybody, every trans person in Tennessee needs to run for office right now, immediately. Because guess what? Most of those wins for Democrats can be from like fives to tens of votes, yeah. you know, what, in your local districts. And it can really, really make a huge difference. Um, and it's depressing how few people show up for these like smaller more district more local votes because that's where so much power you know those are your voices and these offices and the in the echelon but i'd like to turn it over to demonte 
Uh, he's my buddy here from Memphis. And Demonte, what was what was your experience like? Because Wednesday was just kind of really exhausting, but it was really yeah. educational. So what was your experience like? Well, I guess first, you know, of all, yeah, <clears throat> it was a little longer trip because, you know, I'm coming from Arkansas. So, <laughs> so yeah, the, the trip was long. Uh, we didn't get on a bus. We drove up there. Um, but I guess when we got there, it was, to me, it felt like a movie. As soon as I first walked in, it felt like I was in a movie. And, but I, I was like, I didn't know what to do. At first, I was just playing along. And I was like, okay, let me see what these people are doing. Let me see what these people are doing. But, you know, I guess after meeting... I say the second person, I'm gonna say the first, when we was going to each one of the offices trying to convince them to vote yes or no on certain ones. Um, the first guy kind of like lied to us in a way. Well, he didn't lie because he wasn't there. Like we showed up and it was a different guy there saying he was like, oh yeah, he left, he had something to do and he's not gonna be here, blah, blah, blah. Then we went back to the area we was at and then we seen the guy who we was trying to meet, he was on the TV. And we was like, so he is here. He dodged us. He didn't even want to, like, listen to what we had to say. And I think that that part kind of pissed me off in a way because I was like, okay, so there's people out here that really just don't. They just stuck with their answer and that's what they're going to stick with. He don't want to, like, listen and see what anybody else had to say. But as the day went on, it felt like it was like a rush for me, adrenaline rush. I was like, who else can we get on outside? And seeing the other um, trans people there that was trying to fight for the same rights as we was from different places and hearing mother's point of view who has trans children have, trying to push the law for them. You know, it, it opens up your eyes from different perspectives. And I, it was more educational for me. And, and I was like, okay, I wish more people were involved and more people were able to come and it, just to experience this. Like you don't have to be very political um, to do something like that, just to stand with your city. Like if it's affecting you in a bad way and you don't want it to happen, then you could just go and tell them, hey, I don't like the way that this is this is going. This is affecting me in this way, but nobody will never know if nobody say something. Like one of the uh, state senators of the Shelby County area, I, we met with him. He said he can only do so much. Like he said, um, what was he saying? He said one person told him, yeah, we hear what you're saying, but where are your people? And it made sense. Like, yeah, like where are your people? Where are they at? You know, like you fighting for them, but where are they at type situation. So in situations so critical like this, we should show up. Am I understanding correctly that you need us Californians to start bussing in queer people into <laughs> Nashville to bump up those numbers? Deal. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yes. I'll, I'll be on the first Greyhound. <laughs> we'll feed you good down here, baby. <laughs> are you feeding Listen, us? You, yeah, we we'll, we'll feed you good. None of your clothes are going to fit the same ever again. <laughs> visit us. Trust and believe. <laughs> are cl is clothing optional, though? Well, I had not, <laughs> not according to the Tennessee state legislator. <laughs> We're going to have to keep it real kosher at our shows from now on because, like, you know, liquor licenses and cabaret licenses and the licenses, licenses, licenses are called into question. Mm -hmm. um, right now, the 
great thing about America is we're a Sioux happy country. <laughs> so mm. um, when it comes to the state of, oh, uh oh, oh, pineapples. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. What were oh, we talking about? <laughs> and liquor licenses, cabaret licenses. Yeah. Licenses. Yeah. Licenses. The we'll start fresh, all edited. Don't worry. Yeah, a lot of this legislation like is tying up a lot of our ability to do business and like a, a lot of our ability to make plans and venues are really like confused about what they're gonna do. The great thing about America is you know, if there's a piece of legislation that's really dangerous, as long as there are great organizations and fearsome people fighting. Um, usually that legislation is going to get super sued and tied up in court. So as long as it's tied up in court, to my understanding right now, it's not enforceable. And it could be, you know, best case scenario, it seems like they're going to try to keep it tied up in court until it's struck down or try to draw it out until the next election. Because kind of depending on if we have a Democrat or a Republican and the presidency next time, which y'all, I mean, I don't know, like probably going to be old man Biden, fine, you know, whatever, fine by me, if he's still alive, <laughs> if, if he will survive, Biden. if we can get him there. Because like the Republicans are all going to tear each other apart until until Trump is their nominee. You know, we know where this is going. We know how that's going to end. So it's going to be just a rehash of the bullshit that we've been through before. But what we'll be riding on it is all of these bills that we're going to get tied up in court. So, you know, the ways that we can strike it down, the ways that we can protect ourselves is one by like getting local ordinances and talking to your local officials and two, you know, by running ourselves. You know, why is there a Republican supermajority? Because a lot of people just aren't tapped in and think politics are boring when it can actually be kind of fierce. And um, I really think that we need a little bit more sass in the legislature. I think that we need lots more queers. We need so many more Democrats. Like y'all, they're outnumbered like six to 20 <laughs> in the House and the Senate. Like it's huge majorities. And that could, I think in Tennessee, it could be easily balanced out. I really think so. Demonte, yeah. like, did you get that feeling? Don't you feel like it's not, it can't be that hard. It has to be malleable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mock president. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Sorry, y'all. No, I'm getting president. ruined by all my political scientist friends. I don't know who I am anymore. I used to be a fun <laughs> party girl. Now you're right. We love politics. Don't even worry. We have, we have a lot of political episodes, so. I wanted to ask, so um, do you think part of the, the problem is there's a sense of disillusionment in somewhere like Tennessee where the Republicans are so powerful? Is that why yes. you don't get a lot of people running? A lot of people running on the good side? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, I think that it's really uh, it, it, hopeless. I hate that. I hate to use that word, but it does feel there's always a feeling of like hopelessness and like a feeling of blah, blah, blah. But like you know, in our districts here in Memphis, we have had historic wins for Democrats over the past two or three years. And, uh, you know, right now there's about to be a new chair of the Democratic Committee um, up for election um, because, uh, you know, we've just got a little bit of a guard change. So that's going to change the dynamics. But Gabby Salinas is uh, the current chair who's going to be leaving that position. 
but she's gotten historic wins for Democrats. And like, so she's created a little bit of a, a blueprint for wins that could be recreated across Tennessee. And that means like uniting coalitions of immigrants, refugees, uh, you know, black, brown people, Asian people across the spectrum and queer people, because that creates a coalition that has strong enough voting power together to actually win elections and to also identify um, enough blind spots within and the daylight in between communities and kind of get people to come together a little bit more. You know, Tennessee is a very, you'd be shocked how diverse we are here. And, you know, that's very powerful. I really believe in the power of diversity in Tennessee. And y'all, I guess when I turn 35, I'm going to run for president, whatever. That's right. You know, one clown, one clown's already won. Why not? Why not this clown? DeMonte, you want to be my vice president? Yes, I got you. Each week on the Trans Narrative Podcast, we want to highlight a piece of the bigger stories that impact our lives, the laws and attitudes and cultures that can help or hinder us as transgender people in the United States. Stories that cisgender people want to tell for us or about us are going to be missing in critical details. They won't help us to clear up our perspective. We want to show how we've struggled, how we are struggling, and also how we will overcome. Hello, this is Aria with the Trans Narrative Podcast. And for my moments of taking the mic, I wanted to bring up an article that was published by the Human Rights Campaign. Um, and for that, I will come down here and share my screen. So this article is titled Human Rights Campaign Foundation State Equality Index, 91% of anti-LGBTQ plus bills in 2022 fail to become law. And I'm just gonna read a little excerpt from this. Um, today, the Human Rights Campaign Foundation, the educational arm of the nation's largest lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer civil rights organization, and the Equality Federation Institute released their ninth annual State Equality Index. The SEI is a comprehensive state-by-state -state report that provides a review of statewide laws and policies that affect LGBTQ plus people and their families. In a coordinated push led by national anti-LGBTQ plus groups, which deployed vintage discriminatory tropes, politicians in state houses across the country introduced 315 discriminatory anti-LGBTQ plus bills in 2022, and 29 passed into law. Despite this, fewer than 10% of these efforts succeeded. 24 pro-equality bills were also passed into law. These range in topic from making it easier to update driver's licenses and birth and death certificates with correct names and gender markers, to banning insurance exclusions for healthcare for transgender individuals, to expanding non-discrimination protections in housing, employment, and education. All ensure that LGBTQ plus people um, are able to take one step closer to full legal and lived equality. 
So the last couple of years have um, seen a massive uptick in anti-trans and more broadly anti-LGBT bills being passed uh, through the governments. Um, but the one silver lining of this is that the overwhelming majority of these bills have failed to make it into law. But it does raise an interesting question. Why has the Republican Party gone so all in on the issue of um, attacking the trans community? And um, I think there's a few a few reasons for it. I think that um, mostly it is um, our community is a community that's easy to punch down at. Um, we don't represent a particularly large voting block in the United States. Um, a lot of, there's a lot of lack of understanding of the trans community among uh, the general public, which makes it easy for right-wing media to tell lies and perpetuate disinformation. And um, more than that, the, um, the right-wing needs someone to attack to bolster their ideology. They are an ideology that doesn't really have ideas on making the country better and so they resort to making attacks on the most vulnerable groups to stir up a base of um of bigoted people that's their tool they they've been using it for years decades and the targets of the attacks might change but the tactics seldom do and as this article from the Human Rights Campaign kind of highlights, um, there there is a silver lining to all of this, being that the general public at large is saying no to these discriminatory laws. And um, it, it's easy to get doom and gloom about how things are going, but um, I think this is a silver lining to what our current situation is with the trans community. And like I've said before on this show, this is a backlash. This is happening now, and it's happening with this kind of ferocity because trans people have gained wider acceptance in society. Never before have trans people been so visible never before have so many people accepted trans people and th this is why it's become such a hot button topic now because the far right sees that trans people have gained more acceptance and this is threatening to their ideology and that's why we're getting this kind of pushback so i like to say it's um the storm before the calm that this is a sign that we are gaining wider acceptance and we're going to weather the storm. In light of that, I wanted to talk for a couple minutes about visibility. I know for me, visibility is not something that comes naturally. I tend to be a socially anxious person. If you know me on a personal level, you know I'm very introverted. I tend to be soft-spoken um and since transitioning i have noticed that 
I'm a lot more visible in public spaces. And, you know, uh, for better or worse, I know not everybody who takes note of me when I'm out in public is a raging transphobe, but they do take notice. <laughs> and for me, I don't like being seen. I like I liked the quiet anonymity and invisibility that I took completely for granted before transition. And I know that there are a lot of trans people that feel a similar way. They want to move about their lives. They don't want to stand out in a crowd too much. They don't want to be seen. And I know I've personally talked to a few of my friends who have talked about their transition in terms of checking certain boxes so that they could be as um, as um, not standing out as much as possible. Like, I need to get this surgery so that I pass. I need to do X, Y, Z so that I pass. And um, then it's understandable. Like, they're they're not wrong in doing that completely makes sense, but it's also um, very unfortunate that so many of us feel like we need to take what is supposed to be a liberating experience and we need to take elements of it to hide ourselves. But um, I want to say for any fellow people in my community watching this, um, things are getting better. They don't feel like it at the moment. This is the storm before the calm. We are gaining more acceptance. And um, for those of us who don't want to be seen, that just want to um, go through our lives and live those lives and not be de defined by one aspect of our identities, just existing and being yourself um, can be a powerful act of defiance. So stay strong, stay hopeful, and thank you for watching. Yeah, well, that was marvelous. Mm -hmm. Like, the reason I want my FFS is so I start thinking back this much. Like, I have been attacked quite a few times, and I see FFS as a way to make it easier to pass. So for me, it's like kind of a trade-off. It's like I need the muscles that I have in order to protect myself. But the only reason I have to protect myself is because my passability is like negative five. Like, if I'm crossing a bridge, Gandalf the Grey pops up and is like, you do not pass! <laughs> like, I've been accosted so many times that I am tired of it. But there are some times when people, in most cases, people will see what's going on and they're just like, holy shit, this isn't right. And then they'll come to my defense. And sometimes you just get people who are scared and they just kind of like walk away. So passability just seems as like the best bet to go. But yeah, I shouldn't have to use, you know, passability as a marker for wanting to get my FFS. Right. Any, anyone else have anything? Or Plus, is it just you're gorgeous. I think you're so beautiful. Oh, I think I mean, you are so beautiful. Covered in the blood of transphobes, but that's neither here nor there. 
keeps, keeps the girl young. young. Yeah. I like what you said, Aria. You know, it seems that it, at this time, you know, I, I recently started my transition and I came off this cusp of privilege pretty early on, uh, thanks to the wise Lucy has educated right. me so much in so many things. And and as I began to come off of the cusp of that, I then began to really see the world for what it was. And I and and we're currently in the midst of that. We're in the midst of of, of so many law lawmakers making laws to demonize our community and and the media isn't doing nothing to represent us. There's no shows that are accurately representing who we are. And even if they are, the 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 populace out there is is still negative. It seems that only in the trans community or in the LGBT community do they have a good understanding of like the 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 effects that some of the things that people engage in have. They outside of our community people don't understand the effects of like dave chappelle or ricky gervais or jk rowling or of what fox knew they don't they don't see that and and it's sad that you know often on our show it's our 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 skills and who we are and what we have to offer to the world is bypassed because we have to talk about these big issues because they're faith they're they're impacting our lives and we could go out to the park tonight and be stabbed to death literally any one of us that could happen and that's and we have to talk about it and it shouldn't be that way and and i'm grateful aria you know you, you spoke a lot about not wanting to be seen and and yet here you are doing the show with us and so that means a lot to know that you're here with us as, as often as you can be yeah i mean my my mentality is that um i i owe something to this community that i'm a part of and so it's um it's it's not my place to just stick my head in the sand and do and say nothing. And I think everybody here probably has that that attitude to some extent. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's hard to stick your head in the sand, especially because you know there's a predator out there who wants to eat you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a republic. I mean, sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, believe you me, back in the in the yester yonder. Republicans were a, a major source of clientele, but now they want to kill. Them, so. Well, I mean, they oh, want really? To the yester yonder. So. I've been there. Yeah, we've all been. Many of us have been there. You know, you know, moth, like moth, moth. moth mm-hmm. You, you always get those old white Republicans who pop in who are just like, I can't be seen with you. Okay, now fuck this shit out of me. Plow, plow, plow. All right. Thank you for the the hour of money. Now please go. Oh, Lindsey yeah. Graham? Lindsey Graham? <laughs> bottom, <laughs> has bottom written all over his forehead. Oh, my God. You might as well put a stamp. Bottom. I feel like Ted Cruz is into BDSM if he just admitted it. Well, I mean, <laughs> as... <laughs> oh, he likes to be dominated, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. It looks a lot like... Allegedly. Him. Allegedly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if you... All right. All right. All right. So... Mr. Diamante. Yes. Did I say that right? Diamante. Diamante. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh -huh. is, is there some French in there? Do you speak yeah. Creole at all? Can I be like no, a I just wanted something different. <laughs> okay, I'm just making sure, you know, we all choose we all have our chosen names for a reason. Mine's Lucia. Mine's mm -hmm. light. I was going for Lucia Farius, but you know, hard mm -hmm. to find a job when your name is literally the devil. Can't make My, it <laughs> My my name is Aria because I had a lot of fun catfishing guys on Tinder with the name Aria, so I stuck with it. 
Yeah, see? And Caroline was like, I'm, I'm at the ocean, bam. Poseidon came out and was like, well, I made a woman into a man and gave them iron skin, so here you go. Caroline actually means strong woman and free and happy in German. Happy song in German. Something like that. Okay. Actually, actually, it's inspired to the James Taylor song, Carolina in My Mind, which I'd listened to for the last... Anyway, you know the whole. Anyway, so Demonte, Diamante. Anyways, Demonte. Uh-huh. So I have to ask: Do you plan on doing anything like um, politically minded in the sense of like an office, and not the mm. office, an office? Nah, probably not. Uh probably not. I don't see myself going that way, but I just see myself as like a. I act as probably for the trans community and helping as many people as I can from not behind closed doors, but like open behind closed doors, but not on stage, like Demonte on stage, but as Malachi helping people. So you'd say that your activism is also part of your drag show, correct? Yeah, because the thing is, okay, so when I first seen my first track performer uh, well he transitioned now which is Will and it opened up eyes to me like wow okay I never seen a drag king I want to do that and then I was like but I want to feel comfortable in my body first before I publicly display myself (laughs) so I waited till I was able to transition uh, comfortably and had my top surgery and stuff and then I started doing shows and then more trans guys was coming to me and was like how can we do that you know so they was in my spot and I was like you know it's a lot of trans guys that feel like that you know I guess when you think of drag king you just think of a biological female dressing up as a, a, a male impersonator but you know um, trans guys they don't. They never knew anything about. Some of them don't know nothing about that they can do it, but most of them want to be performers. I still have a lot of people who hit me up, like, "How can I get started in this and that?" And then also like a lot of new trans guys, they be like, "Oh my god, I love your top surgery and this and that." Or someone's like, "You just inspired me to just start transitioning." So, like I said, that is a, a door opener, you know, to get to most trans guys in a way you know it's something i've noticed with a lot of like black trans people we typically are like the trans mother or the trans father in the sense of Mm -hmm. we're like here's your sprinkle of liberation you can see that (laughs) i'm always a happy motherfucker here you go there you go my little baby egg all right now hatch there you go right right. matter of fact so my my trans mom was actually um an asian lady by the name of um ivy loveless but once I finally like cracked the shell, all that shit, um, Taylor, this very shredded, very big. Oh, uh, I was gonna say Taylor Swift. What did you say? Big? Oh yeah. I the, was like, no. <laughs> he was the Adonis of men. He was just like, all right, let me take you under my wing. And you know, for the longest, he was very low key. Nobody at my work knew that he was trans, and he really didn't make a lot of waves because you know visibility he didn't want to lose out on a lot of things and you know he'd, he'd made it up pretty far and he didn't want to lose out on on uh job perspectives and whatnot but yeah he showed me the ropes on a lot of things um well, so like, hmm. 
Oh, I was just going to say, when it comes to job and work environment, I stay stealth as possible because people are weird. Yes. <laughs> um, I think I, I was working. I know uh, named does the same thing. He's just like, hey, um, as far as they know, I'm, a I'm just a regular black dude. Right. And I like to keep it that way when I work. I think I probably tell like one person or two people that I trust because it's just that, you know, it was like, it's like you're holding a big secret, but she's like, I'm going to tell somebody. So I tell probably one or two people that I trust. I think the most recent job I worked, it was funny because one one of my managers was a trans guy, but he was open and he was telling everybody. But I'm more like the secret agent behind closed doors listening to what other people have to say about him as they were saying nice things and stuff. And I think one of the guys followed him to the bathroom and well, then he came back out, and then the guy came back in that where we was working. It was like, yeah, that person is a, you know, da da da. They sat down and pee, and I was like, why would you follow a man to the bathroom just to see how he pee? Don't you think that's weird? <laughs> you know, you know, trying okay. to make them, yeah, like that know, is you. so <laughs> gross. PR needs right. to be called. Yikes! Well, you need to that'll happen to a uh, a trans person go into a restroom i know that i've been attacked at restrooms oh my god yeah i had a person kick on my stall for a solid two minutes while i was taking a uh when i was using a restroom and we yeah. have sinks in our uh stalls so finally you know i finished my business cleaned up washed my hands they're still kicking on the door and when i open it this very tiny person is just sitting there and she's just like looks up and i'm like so there were other stalls you could have used and oh i'm here to clean the restroom you're not in janitorial you work in facilities but i will watch you clean this toilet without gloves obviously and with paper yeah. towels please go ahead <laughs> right so yeah, I agree with you on that one. I've seen it, um, and 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 it does make sense for my uh, one coworker. It made sense because he would tell me anything horrible somebody was saying. Like it would happen all the time. Um, mm. Following that, my next question would then be like, so what is the end goal of the activism that you're trying to do through your show? Uh, Besides well, the hatch a lot of eggs, create a lot of. <laughs> I guess in my my perspective my angle well, i'm gonna say and because in this case it's just it's, this is gonna be an ongoing thing probably longer than i live um probably just to get trans the spotlight kind of on trans guys because people be like what is a trans guy i heard of a trans woman like what is a trans guy like people don't even know trans guys already never heard of us, never seen us. And if you do see us, you know, it's like, you just probably see like guy, you know. So just to bring spotlight and notice you know, visibility to trans guys, you know, so this, this effort, one of my goals, yeah. That's a good effort. Like, I, I think like for, for me, a lot of people ask me similar things and I'm like, my, my goal is to basically be able to live without ever having to face a transphobe. So it's going to be something I'll never see, you know, in my mm. life. But it is what mm. it is. I'm going to live yeah. my life and I'm going to live it loud and authentically. Mm. And it seems like you're doing the same. Would you say that's correct? Mm -hmm. Well, just to motivate the uncommon people and bring more spotlight to trans guys. I just want people to notice us. Like we're, we're very unnoticed. Not unnoticed, like we want to be unnoticed. 
But like, okay, for instance, like I was talking to one lady at the um when we went to Nashville and she was saying like um one person asked me, what can we do to help the trans people or the trans guys in the community? Because they was like, we noticed that there's only like help for trans women that um that do like what is not tra it's not trafficking this this what they you sex know work. like they, yeah they do sex work and they like have a lot of uh prevention care for them as well and housing and stuff but i was like you know it's 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 a lot of trans guys they go through the same thing like we get killed <laughs> we get raped and you know and, and stuff like that and they do sell themselves and get HIV and other STDs as well but you know when you go to facilities that probably do testing and stuff like that I think when I was on uh prep a while back one person was like I don't know exactly how this is going to affect your body taking prep because I know we give prep to x y and z you know so you know even in the, the female anatomy like I don't I'm sure it's the same like they was unknowledgeable how it's going to do you know react to a trans guy so that's why i say even in the healthcare, when it comes to prevention care or just regular health care i had got turned away from doctors who saying they don't want to treat me or take me as a patient because they don't know how medicine will affect me i was like okay so y'all just don't know nothing about trans guys you know so yeah i, I actually did a study because they wanted to see the effects of like estrogen and prep in like the same body and mm -hmm. I think I was one of the only trans femme people there. And they were like, yeah, this is just something that had never been um, really studied. And it's like, mm -hmm. what? Oh, well, we don't know. You know, like there, there are trans masks who aren't on testosterone yet, who we're potentially going to start giving this drug to. And we need to know the side effects. And it's like, I mean, you're still paying me $250, but mm -hmm. okay, I'll take it. You know, like whatever. <laughs> Side note, do you know why they haven't done studies on it? Because they burned down the, the laboratories in the 1930s that had a lot of the research, the leading research on uh, gender-affirming care. Magnus Hirschfeld, you know the name? Mm. His, uh, yeah. He was a leading sexologist <laughs> and performed the first uh, gender-affirming uh, surgery, and he had his labs all and all his work burned by the Nazis around 1933, so. Wow. Yeah, those were the books burned where uh, a lot of them were based on sex and uh some of the the sciences because we all know um nazis typically don't like science which is kind of why we can tell you know low-key not even low-key that the republican party is a bunch of nazis but neither here nor there <laughs> um so we know your end goal um how far would you, how, how far would you say you'd be willing to go to achieve your goal um I think I really pushed myself this weekend and it shows me that I it's more than the eye meets. And I was like, you know, I, I felt like since, I mean, Wednesday, since Wednesday, I felt like I was like, okay, so I can go farther and I can help more by doing this and, you know, on a more political stance by helping behind doors that way. It was more of an eye opening, like I said, by going there. So I feel like I'll be able to help out more by bringing justice to that sense. Because people don't really know about what's about to happen and what's going to go on until it's too late. You know, so I want to just be in the front and ready for it and, you know, you know, helping my people that way.
Okay. And my last question for you, dear daddy, is what would you say <laughs> be like, how would you know you've succeeded versus how you would know that you failed in your I goal? I wouldn't probably be living long enough to know that. <laughs> What's that? I, I say I probably wouldn't be living long enough to know that the answer well, to that because it's that either going to go one or two ways. Like, sometimes uh, that tree plants like 18 you know, centuries later when we're long dead. Right, right. So, you know, it's pretty much like how back in the day, super duper back in the day, probably like from the beginning of slavery, when this slave was like, you know, we're going to do this, do this ways so our kids can be more freer. And then it came where they was doing the national right movements. They was like, okay, well, we're going to do this, do that, and do that. So our kids' kids can be more free-free. And now we're free-free. And I feel like we're at this point and now we're doing like, okay, now we're doing this in another sense of way again, here we go again. So our kids, kids, kids can be more free, 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 but we won't be there to see it, but we know what we're fighting for, you know? Yeah, we're carrying on a legacy that we, you know, as black folk have been doing for a hot minute, carrying on the legacy of stuff, i.e. Stonewall, or was it Stonewall? Yeah, Stonewall for the, the pride events and whatnot. So much stuff that Black folk have been a part of, especially queer Black folk. This is always a fight for rights. This yeah. Fights. yeah. <laughs> so it's always I like, some, fight. like a, a, someone who's finally cracked the shell. They're no longer like a little egg. They've figured out themselves. And they're like, I want to transition, but I'm so scared. And it's like, right now it's scary, yes. But I need to notify you on certain things that you may have gotten accommodated to that isn't going to be there anymore. Mm. As we saw with Miss Caroline, privilege is something that you don't realize until it's gone. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And if you want to know what's wrong with this country, ask a Black woman. Yeah. yeah or trans, or a Black trans person. We can, we if you hold. really want to know, if you really want to know what's wrong with this country, ask, ask a Black trans woman. They, they, <laughs> got the brute of the stick, it's awful. Okay. Are we, uh, <laughs> Pulled over for walking down the street. It's like I got a car. Why are you, your your lights on? You're looking a little too pretty. You might be doing some sex work. I'm walking from a bus stop. We talked about you. We talked about that in your capturing narrative last week. Sex work and how they're mm -hmm. using laws to to to. They're using those types of laws to still demonize our community. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was one of the big things that um, that repeal of that law was about. Was yeah. police were using it as a means of um, terrorizing trans people and now that it's gone the republicans are trying to get it reinstated under the belief slash claim that it's causing um escorts to be dancing in front of churches uh moth yeah i wanted to ask you've talked a lot about your activism and how you did canvassing work in nashville and all of those things and some of the challenges that have come with it being that Tennessee is such an overwhelmingly conservative place. Um, what is it that keeps you motivated to do that in the face of what feels like a really big uphill battle? I think what keeps me motivated is still the dreams that I've always had and the fact that like I only make sense in Memphis and I only make sense in Tennessee. Like this is my home and I don't you know, I just, I want to build my, my, you know, I want to build my garden here. 
you know, there's just no reason for, and there's no reason for me to feel this unsafe every single day of my life since the day I was born when my contribution is really, really good. Uh-oh, what was the question? I'm sorry, baby doll. <laughs> um, you, you, do, you do activism, uphill battle, red state. Yeah, motivations. Yeah, what's, what, what keeps you motivated? What keeps you positive? Yeah, why, why? I'm just gonna I, I'm just gonna be super vulnerable with you and just like go for it. You know, I still just want to be a poet and I still just want to be a pop star and I really would rather not be a politician. But I feel like me and Demonte get that that's part of our journey because of the privileges that we have in our community and the eyes that we have and the people that trust us with the story to carry the story forward from so much of the community. Um, I, I, I mean, darling, I feel really, my battery's low. I've, I've, <laughs> it's been so freaking hard because it's been coming, you know, in the Trump era, we were all stressed out about Trump and his chaos, but there's another, you know, this chaotic storm that we're living through right now. And I hope that you are right. I really hope that you're right about it being the storm before the peace, because we could all use some peace in our lives. I think that's hurting our health, but that's mm -hmm. the thing, like the, what's keeping me going is still my dream to like, you know, write and record a song and record a really cool music video where I'm zooming around Overton park because Overton park is like famously a place where so many protests have taken place, a place where so many, um, gay picnics have taken place. A play, you know, Overton Park. It's no secret that, like, in the seventies and eighties, like, it was a historic, like, cruising spot. Like, to me, being able to do that because these laws would really like prohibit me from being able to film something like that, create a piece of art like that. When that's a dream that I've had ever since I went to the Memphis College of Art, right in front of that park, and like used to look out, you know, from the painting studio at that park and like have just like. You know, I write stories about that park and the woods at that park just are so magical and so inspiring and so filled with like so many crazy memories for so many different people. Um, you know, my Aunt Joe did say, don't go in that park, you'll get chased with a knife. Um, and I was like, well, I'm still going to go check out the park anyway. <laughs> um, so, I'm you know, <laughs> you know that's like, you know, that over the park is where people would, you know, go to take walks where people would go to smoke where people would go to find a random dog all of a sudden that you just adopt um it's it's just one of those magical places that's 100 billion different things all at the same time yeah. um so what keeps me going is still the hopes and still the plans like all of this worries me and i've lost so much like i haven't slept in over a year y'all like i haven't slept in over a year my health is not really like you know that, that part has really affected my health and my ability to just like dance without falling over and stuff. But my hope is that because I've been allotted so much privilege and I've been able to achieve so much, if I can just keep achieving, then more and more people will be on that tailwind with me and we can just like break through, just like we've always done. It's really no different. We're just going to continue to break through how harsh the current moment is because on the other side i do think that there is fun and marble and economy and safety for queer artists in tennessee 
and I still see that for us and I still want this to be our home. Like, and I still like, you know, that's what's keeping me going because it's not a whole lot. Like, it's kind of hard for me to get up in the morning. Like I have a lot of bodily pain that has manifested because of how stressed out I've personally been in the past year and a half. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I will, I have to admit, it's like, it sucks. It fucking sucks. But I'm people like Demonte who, you know, as my friend, and I know that I'm, you know, he always makes me feel that I'm never alone. And that's so much of our drag family and our rainbow rumble family and what we do here in Memphis. So anytime that I feel alone, it's not for very long. Thank goodness. Come recharge your battery here in San Diego. We have plenty of space for you. Um, I like San Diego. Yeah, it sounds lovely. It sounds got lovely. Space got sunshine sounds nice. We got a nice we beach. Should... We have the the best Mexican food north of the border. We'd love to have you. Oh my gosh, it sounds marvelous. I'd love to visit all of you. You're all. You've all just been so marvelous. Thank you for just like being curious about our lives here in Memphis. It's you know, it's a wild ride. Of course, um, Lucy, did you want to ask another question, or do you want me to? No, no, you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want. I wanted to ask. Um, you've talked a lot about your art. You are a poet. You're a writer. You get on stage and perform. You um do clothing design, if I remember correctly. Is that right? I cut clothes up and glue them back together. Same difference. <laughs> that, that takes art. That that takes artisanship. So yeah, that counts. Um, uh, so I I feel like artists all have something that they want to convey about themselves when they do their art are there any things in particular that you're trying to say about yourself through your art even incredibly small and vulnerable things can also fight dragons <laughs> it's beautiful what would you like to say going forward, Diamante, in, in light of the current uh, atmosphere that we as uh, members of this marginalized community are facing? What would you like to say? What I would like to say is pretty much I'm going to just elaborate on what I went on earlier is that I hope us as a community could get together as one because I feel like this is the only way that we're going where well, we could make this happen to become more comfortable within our rights. Um, you know, like I said earlier, like it back in the day, it just didn't happen. They just, just sit around on their phones and stuff back then. They didn't have phones, but they didn't sit around. They, they made moves and they made large sacrifices like their lives, you know, so sacrifices was made. And I feel like where we kind of stepped back a lot since then we got comfortable, you know, and now it's it's our time to fight for our rights as humans. And but everybody is comfortable and it's and where they at and they waiting on somebody to just magically pop up and do it, but it's not gonna happen like that. We have to come together mm -hmm. as a union, as a group. So like when they say something at work. If you see something, say something. And in this group, we need to start saying something because we start to see it. And if nobody don't make a move, even you know, one person not going to do it on their own, then you know, like it can go bad or it can go good. But we need to come together in this sense because things is really, really, really becoming bad. Think of the future, kids. That's how I put. It. That's what keep me motivated on doing what I do. I, I have a son, 
So I think of him, what if he was to want to be trans or come out gay or, you know, becoming the same spectrum I'm in years on down the line, but now all these laws been passed where he can't even be himself when my generation could have fought for that. You know what I'm saying? So that's all I'm saying. That's, that's, that's my one to say. This is a pretty big moment um, that we're facing as a community, Moth Moth Moth. Mm -hmm. What would you like to say for uh, for all of us to hear as we move forward in our day-to-day -day lives? What would you like for us to keep in mind as we go forward? This, this stuff ruining, this stuff cannot ruin your health. Do not let this stuff ruin your health. Because that is part of how fascism wins. Because when it grinds against you and you get so tired that you can't even just like pay attention anymore... Woo, that is when we are in red alert. And that is when it's time to drink some coffee and perk up and do your homework and put your privileged ass where your mouth is. Um, as a good friend of mine told myself the other day, um, and I keep thinking about it because the thing is like, you have the time, you have the time, whoever you are listening, whatever state you're in, you have the time to do something about it. I promise that if you don't feel like you have the time, you can find the time because all of these things concern you and your body, your access to health care, your neighbor's ability to surveil you and your gender expression. Um, it's a lot. And the thing is, it's ridiculous because most Americans don't care. They don't care about any of this in the good way and the like, you know, and the positive, like, you keep your side of the street clean, we'll keep our side of the street clean. That kind of way, like, you know, the way that America tends to, like, operate generally. But mm. there are yahoos that are scapegoating our community for the grievances of, you know, everybody. And it happens every 50 to 60 years. It's dumb. It's boring. Um, but it does like suck the life out of you if you linger on it. I know, like I said, I haven't slept in over a year. My body does not really feel very good. When I dance, I don't dance. I don't feel like I dance very fiercely right now because I'm, I'm so tired and my body hurts all the time. But I know that this time in my life and this time in history is about learning to push through that so that like it will be better on the other side. Honestly, Aria just like seemed like an angel from heaven and I hope that she's an oracle and I hope that she's right that like we're going to be done with the storm eventually and we'll get some peace because like my heart like just wants to dance and write poems and like make pop songs like my heart has always wanted to and like I've always dreamt and I want to do it here in Memphis. So that's all I got to say is like nobody stop dreaming and don't let it ruin your health because mm -hmm. they're not going to win. Oh my God, Lucy, it was so great to have you here today, as always. You know, and it's always a pleasure to be on our podcast. Yes, and Aria, it's so good to have you here again with us. I love having you here. My Soviet Union joke was funny. You better include that in the final cut. Oh my God, Carolina, it was so nice being here with you. Yes, oh my God, and Moth 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 and Diamante Knight. Thank you both for being here with us today. Thank you for it having us. 
It's been so good, honey. Like, thank you so much for just like giving us space. I want to reiterate for our audience that it's not a dictatorship. I communicate with mass emails all the time to the Facebook page that Ari doesn't look bad about once a week. So, but also we have to tell the audience that Caroline changes history by eliminating people and making them vanish from history books. Caroline has threatened me with the gulags on multiple occasions. This is a cry for help. Please save me. Oh, no. <laughs> what about the stroganoff she feeds us? We never get to eat anything but stroganoff and roche. Uh, leftover lasagna. Hey everyone, if you like this episode of the Trans Narrative Podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, and follow. More importantly, share with your friends. Today's episode was recorded February 18, 2023 via Zoom. Today's show was co-hosted by Ariel Aki, Caroline Penny, and Lucy Balzano. Today's guest was Moth 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 and Diamante Knight. Ariel Aki captured the narrative. This episode was edited and produced by Caroline Penny. Research provided by Athena Promontis. Music provided by Infraction Music titled Good Vibe. Capturing narrative segment music and the music you hear now are produced by Athena Promontis. This episode of the Trans Narrative Podcast was brought to you by Anchor, the easiest way to upload a podcast. Thank you for supporting this show. For more details about this episode, go to the description link below. You can find us on Facebook, Apple, Google, Spotify, and now YouTube. Subscription for exclusive content available. Be sure to go to anchor.fm slash transnarrative. New episodes stream weekly, Saturday, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you'd like to reach out, to learn more, be a guest, or are looking to get involved with the show, email us at transnarrativepodcast at gmail.com. That's transnarrativepodcast at gmail.com.